Amen. Thank you, Brother Sidney. Thank all of you who see the significance and the importance of being in the fellowship and being in the presence of the Lord and being a part of this worship service this evening. As the scripture text was read into your hearing from Colossians chapter 1, beginning verse 12, giving thanks unto the Father which had made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who had delivered us from the power of darkness and had translated us into the kingdom of his son, giving thanks. God made us to meet, to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints of life. He delivered us from the power of darkness. Don't be deceived, sin is powerful. From the power of darkness and had translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have redemption through his blood. Not of anything that we could do ourselves, but we have redemption through his blood, even, 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 praise God, the forgiveness of sin. Amen. Amen. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Let me read that again. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Amen. Amen. Sounds to me everything is about God. Amen. <coughs> And he is the head of the body, the church, and who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Mention nothing about us having anything to be boastful about. Doesn't mention anything in regards to us itself. We need him help from our old wretched way that we used to be to be brought and reconciled back unto the Father through that only begotten Son. Amen. Amen. Well, folks, if all of this is about the Lord, what do we take pride in and what is about us? It's nothing about us. It's about the one who made it possible for us. Amen. And it's about the one who was so loving toward us to give his best. Amen. When you stop and think, it said, 
who had delivered us, verse 13, who had delivered us from the power of darkness. Sin had a hold on us. You know, we, we, we say the little cliche, sin will take you farther than you had planned on going. Mm -hmm. It will keep you longer than you had planned on staying. Lord help us, we know it will cost you more than you had ever anticipated on spending. Some of us in here can say amen to that. Not to say that you ain't any wrong right now, but you know it's the truth. Amen. A lot of things we have done and some of us are still paying for it. Amen. It has cost us more than what we ever anticipated on having to pay. Oh, God can forgive. He's loving. He's long-suffering, understanding, but there are consequences. Amen. And it said, what wonderful thing has transpired for us by God giving his best and for Jesus being willing to lay down his life. He had delivered us from the power of darkness and had translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. I'm glad to be a member of the church. Amen. I don't know about you. Some of you might be embarrassed to tell folks. But I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm delighted. I'm thankful to God to be a member of his body. Amen. Because I know outside of his body, there is no hope. There's no hope. And we should cherish the fact of what God has done for us. Amen. Verse 12 begins, giving thanks. How often do you give thanks unto God? For being a member of this beautiful life. How often do you just stop and thank God? We can be quick to criticize and talk about the church, when someone in it make us upset or make us mad, and we can always highlight and criticize the things we see that we feel should be done, but how often do you stop and give thanks unto God? For what? Where would you be? What citizenship would you have today? without the church. We will be lost. No hope. Alienated. Enemies of the cross. Be careful before you jump criticizing something that is so special in God's sight. Be careful before you be so quick to tear down when Jesus is coming back for mm. mm. We're so fortunate, we're so blessed that God saw fit to choose us. Not that we were wise enough or smart enough to choose God, but He was so loving toward us that He chose us. And when you stop and think, the Bible tells us that we are partakers of the inheritance 
of the saints in life. Immediately upon our surrendering our will and being baptized and added to the body of Christ, we became in line of the inheritance. Amen. Man, what can the devil offer you in comparison to what God stands to offer you? Not only in this life, but even in the life to come. If you want to make a comparison, the devil can only offer you some temporary pleasures in this life. Amen. But what's so beautiful and what's so different about what the devil can offer and what God offers, God can offer you eternal life even right now. The devil can only offer you eternal damnation after this life. God's only begotten son has instructed us that he is going to prepare a place for us. That where he is, we can be also. Which would you prefer? The lake of fire? Because that's where the devil is going. Or your mansion in heaven. We have every opportunity, folks, to make this calling and election sure in this life. And we must not, we must not be caught and neglecting what God has extended and put before us. Think about a passage over in Luke chapter 16. We know the story of this rich man and a beggar named Lazarus. (laughs) This is a powerful scripture right here, folks. Verse 25. A powerful scripture. And I don't know how often we think about this, but the Bible says in Luke 16, 25, what Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receiveth thy good things, and likewise Lazarus, evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art toward him. Did you hear the first part of that? But Abraham said unto him, he, he cried out for Abraham, let Lazarus come and just give his finger. Just a drop. Just a drop. But listen to the response. And listen to the message, folks. But Abraham says, son, Remember that thou in thy lifetime receiveth thy goodness. What have we received in our lifetime? We've received enough to know right from wrong. We received so that if all of us died today, there would be no excuse that we could present before God as to why we weren't ready. That's right. Amen. 
Because in our lifetime, we receive our goodness. We receive what was necessary. Did we utilize it? Did we obey it? Did we deny ourselves? Did we take heed that the words that our Lord has spoken are true? Did we really believe that after death, there shall be a judgment? But you know what, folks? Whether we believe it or not, whether we accept it or not, these same words will be there. Amen. What can we say when these same words remember that thou in thy lifetime receive it thy good. How can you get around that? There's no escaping. Ignorance will not defend you. God chose us. Whereas he could have ignored us. But he chose us for a purpose that we should serve him and glorify him and allow others to see his good work in us Amen. because we are his workmanship. Amen. But what will we say in the judgment? Because the answer will be, remember thou in thy lifetime? I recorded everything you did. You had the opportunity to get this right, but you were more interested in doing other things in the world that please you and satisfy your lustful nature. So you put me to the side. What can be hidden from the all-seeing eye of God? Nothing. Well, how will you stand before an all-seeing, all-knowing, a God who is everywhere and explain to him why you should go to heaven when in your lifetime you did not capitalize and do what was fit to glorify him. Folks, it should take somebody dying among us, around us, to shake us up, Amen. to cause us to live right. Amen. Amen. And for so long, you know, you, you, I've heard and seen, and you, you see or hear about people, some folks don't straighten up or get right until somebody close to them die. Yeah. It shouldn't take someone dying to scare you into serving God. <laughs> we should be driven to serve God and love God because of the love he has shown Amen. Amen. I'm just a true believer. You could do something for so long being afraid, but one day you ain't going to be afraid anymore. People have a tendency of overcoming things that frighten them. But if I'm driven by the love that God has shown toward me, 
I don't have to worry about falling out of love with him. Because if my relationship was real with him from the beginning, my love for him should only get stronger as it goes. Let, let me break it down like this in a way we can understand. If a guy meets a young girl, and if he's truthfully and honestly interested in her, he will respect her. Amen. Oh, there might be some moments when some thoughts may pop in his head and he may fantasize and think about how wonderful it might be. But because he truly respect her and love her, but most of all, he loves God. Amen. He understands, I don't want to disrespect God, and I sure don't want to disrespect her. Mm -hmm. Amen. So he would do the honorable thing. Keep his hands to himself. Even when he realizes she's weak, she's vulnerable. There are some times when you don't need to sit by each other. Mm -hmm. You don't need to be alone. Mm -hmm. Any of you know about static electricity? Mm -hmm. <laughs> huh? You, you rub a certain area long enough, enough static, it'll start a fire. <laughs> Matter of fact, if you got gas in the house and there's a leak, you can blow the house up. <laughs> If the, if the love is true, if the love is honest, if it's genuine, you respect and wait. Mm -hmm. Amen. When my love is true for God, I serve Him regardless of what I have to do. I serve Him and I don't see it as a task. I see it as an attitude of gratitude for what He has done for me. Remember thou in that day. When you receive it, your good thing, remember thou in that lifetime. God got it all <coughs> recorded. Amen. So what would be our excuse? We have no excuse. I encourage you this evening. To think about what are you doing with God's kind of everything you do? So often you hear this famous, this famous cry every day. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm worn out. I'm stressed out. I'm stressed out. How much of that is for God? Huh? How much? How much of this tiredness? has been due to contributing to advancing the kingdom and serving and working in the kingdom. So what you're saying, God, I have worn myself down. I wear myself out every day. But ain't no bit of it. Not a single bit of it is to your own and contribute anything to build in your kingdom. Well, if it's not to glorify God and to acknowledge Him, what are you doing with your life every day? 
that rich man. He knew Lazarus' name. He knew his name. He knew his name. How, how, how much poverty would it have put that rich man in to just have a servant set or played outside the door? I'm sure that probably would have bankrupted him, right? He knew his name. Folks, when we close our eyes on this side, it's not the end. And just as we shall remember, God surely has good records. And as this rich man appealed to Abraham, and he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. For I am tormented in this grave. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime received thy good things. Can I translate that? Why well, I know we understand. Son, daughters, remember I provided that job for you. And it paid you well. You, you received good pay and benefits on me. But instead of pacing yourself and arranging yourself not to be overtaken by the job, the job became your God. And because of your lust and your love for the world, that job ran you down to make more money, to buy more things and stuff. And you couldn't even find that energy to be of any worth for the king. Remember thou in thy lifetime? You got paid good. Drove a nice car. Shopped at nice places. Wine and dine at nice restaurants. Oh, in the sight of others, you are blessed. <laughs> but when it's all said and done, folks, what will it matter to you? God don't care about the rest of us. God don't care about what you drive. God don't care about how sassy and how flashy a flamboyant of a dresser you are. He Amen. cares about modesty. God cares about how you glorify Him. Amen. And that's 
goes beyond just lip service. If you love you'll serve. If you love you would be mindful of this same kingdom that you have been added into. You would take time, you would make an effort to set aside time to help develop it and advance it. Remember, he keeps good records. And the difference in his records and ours, his records are very true. I know we we're, we owe a debt we'll never be able to repay. But that doesn't make an excuse for us not to try to do anything. What shall it profit a man? To gain the whole world. Gain the whole world. Gain the whole world. Only to die. Only to die. And lose his soul. What shall a man give in exchange? You can't. I say to you this evening, remember in your lifetime. <clears throat> Jeff, the recorder is running. Well, Lord, you know that job just said, oh, well, you know what? You might need to find another. <laughs> Let us hear the conclusion of the whole man. Do what? Fear God. And do what? Keep bringing up excuses why you can't serve and do better in the kingdom. That's what the Bible say, right? Keep making excuses and acting like you don't see Lazarus. Keep acting like you don't see that things need to be done around the church. Keep acting like you don't see there are people in need, there are people hurting, there are people that you can console and do other things for. Keep ignoring them. Surely God will understand, right? Ask the rich man. Ask the rich man. Remember thou, I like you. God provided everything, everything, everything that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So that takes away any excuse. And so it's appointed unto me wants to die. And after death, the what? The judge. And these same words, John 12, 48, these same words shall judge you and shall judge me. Love not the world, 
Leave the things that are in the world. All that is in this world, the lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, the pride of life. It don't belong to God. It's not of the Father. It's not of God. These things shall pass away. And if your heart is in love with it, so shall you. That's not why God gave his son. For you to die of senseless death in loss. He gave his best that we be delivered out of the power of darkness. Are you walking in the light this evening? Or are you entangled and, and shackled in darkness? Brother May is hard. But it's not impossible. Philippians 4.13 I can do Get yourself out of the way. And stop looking so much on how well you're trying to make you look. Mm -hmm. Without Christ, I'm, I'm like Paul said, I'm, I'm like a, I'm like a, a power dome. Out of the field where the cows roam around. <laughs> if I can make myself look good without the Lord, why would I need the Lord? But I need the Lord. Now I may deceive myself into believing and, and carrying on as if I'm something, but the truth will be revealed one day. And oh, what a nasty picture it's going to be. I think why God so loved the world and gave His only begotten Son. He gave His only begotten Son so that we can be delivered. You stand in need of being delivered today. Some of us are living in mental shackles. Some of us are living in self-denial shackles. Some of us are living in shackles of just being worldly-minded because we don't want to cut loose some folks that keep leading us away from the light. And we find ourselves hanging out in dark places, carrying on dark conversations. Surfing on the web in dark places. Anybody looking to be delivered today? Jesus listens. Will you accept them on his terms? Quit complaining and talk about what you can't do until you try the one who could do it for you. Amen. Amen. Remember. Even this day, even this day, it's going to be shown to you. Because in your lifetime, you have your good. 
What's our song? 39 is thy heart right with God. Is thy heart right with God. 39. 39 is our invitation song. I pray that if your heart isn't right, you'll get it right before you walk out of here today. Some of you don't realize the morning was a tornado warning. Right here in Locust Grove. And man, I was up there preaching in the morning. I saw the trees bent over, the rain blowing and everything. And I'm saying to myself, man, this thing can hit us right now. And there are probably some folks ain't ready. And look at God. We took it right on by. See, some of y'all didn't see that rain was coming down so hard out there. The bushes in the tree, bend in there. And look at what God did. He said, no, nah, I'm going to spare him one more time. I dare you. I dare you to let this opportunity pass you by without getting your heart right with God. Because he could have, he could have just allowed that storm to take us all the way this morning. And only said to us, remember in your lifetime. You receive your food. Look at God. What are you going to do? Let us see that saying. Let us sing. Have thine affections been nailed to the cross?